All right, Friday rolling FastX show. Um, great guest on today, uh, ESPN, SEC Network, and most notably, Three Point Podcast uh, host Matt Burns is on today's show to talk about the time he was ripped off by uh, Lakers scalper, uh, the time that he was hired at ESPN, how he got there, what it's like working at ESPN, everything behind the scenes, uh, the time he met Magic Johnson as he's going out of the bathroom, a lot of other cool stories from uh, his past 10 years working at ESPN. So all that's going to be on today's show and uh, much more. So tune in. This is definitely one you don't want to miss. And this is an all-time song from Lil Wayne, Kobe Bryant, and Ode to Matt, and an Ode to the Lakers about to win the NBA title. Enjoy. Okay, how, how we doing, Too far on my shirt. He the greatest on the floor, and I'm the greatest on the verse. Going for the fourth ring like it was his first. Gotta get the gleam. Do it for Kareem. Too far, so nice. My flow so mean. Catch me at the game, sitting next to Goldstein. All right, Fast X Sports Show, Episode 4, Fats and Yo-Yo, uh, here as always, but we welcome special guest, uh, three-point podcast host, ESPN, and SEC uh, employee, Matt Burns. Uh, he's also Corona grad, uh, stud Corona wideout with a lot of records uh, to his name. I know Yo-Yo Ball likes that, but uh, the hot hot topic right off the rip today is um, the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten is officially back. You guys were both big-time like supporters, like, we need it, we need it back. I was more on the... We don't know what's going on with COVID. I'm not so sure we should have it back. So I guess just right off the rip, uh, we'll start with Matt, and then we'll go to Yo-Yo. What, what is, like, your biggest takeaway from the Big Ten coming back on October 24th? I mean, my biggest takeaway, first off, is that this is what they should have done from the start. You know, we, we talked about it on the Three Point Podcast. I think on August 11th, they thought every other conference was going to follow them. They were going to be yeah. the leaders, canceling. You know, trying to look smart. We're going to play it safe, you know, with this whole COVID thing. And then everyone else called their bluff, basically, except for the Pac-12, and said, no, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to do things safe. We're going to put these protocols in place, and we're going to at least give it a shot. And the Big Ten looked like idiots, to be honest. And it's just been a mess ever since then. All the misreporting, all these people with sources coming out and saying they're voting, they're not voting, and, you know, whatever. It's just been a complete mess. So my biggest takeaway to answer your question is – Finally, that mess is over, and they're at least going to give it a shot. Now what? The games are starting. It's still like a, a it's five weeks away, October 23rd. So who knows what's going to happen between now and then. Yeah. But at least the first couple weeks of college games have gone pretty well. So mm-hmm. that that's the takeaway is, hey, they're going to give it a shot, and we might actually see football. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, though. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm right along with Matt on this one. Uh, if you really think about it, so far up to this point, we've kind of had like a – like, a, like kind of like a half-and-half half college football season. Uh, I'm kind of tired of watching Eastern Kentucky just get their doors yeah, blown it's off. Been, dude, game. last Saturday was a depressing day. With I, I, I hate to say it, like college football's on, it was awesome, but my God, were the games just flat-out bad. It was yeah, well, like, like if you look at like the, uh, the upcoming slate this week, like there's really not a lot to look forward to. There's one, like, one ranked game. So I think I'm, I'm ready for the Big Ten to come back. Yeah. Uh, are you guys nervous about? Um, so let's. I could. I think the elephant in the room. We got to talk about this. Joe Milton. Uh, he's Michigan's quarterback. Uh, what do we? What What's the ceiling for this guy? Is it basically like Big Ten, <laughs> Big Ten Player of the Year, or what is? What is it? Sounds like Matt's pretty high on this guy. So uh, I'll, I'll use I'll use Michael Jordan's line. The ceiling is the roof. Oh my god! I mean, I mean, I honestly think uh, 
Yeah, Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, that's the ceiling. I mean, I don't want to maybe go as far as Heisman Trophy winner, but I honestly think, like, that's the ceiling. This kid has all the talent in the world. Yeah, you watch his, like, when he's doing workouts with Devin Gardner and, you know, his Instagram videos, and he's got the biggest cannon. You ever, Like, his arm is, his arm strength is all there. But we've seen when he's coming in spot duty, and obviously accuracy is something yeah. he's to work on. Yeah, but, that's one yeah. way to put it. Yeah, when you ask ceiling, I think the ceiling is Big Ten Player of the Year. Put up Dwayne Haskins. Type okay, numbers. that's the ceiling. What's the realistic? What what should, what are you expecting from? Like, what would be a good season for you in his eyes? For, a go, a good season game. for him in your eyes? Yeah. With, with this weird eight game season or whatever. I mean, obviously, like, is he going to go toe to toe with Justin Fields? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, if he has a solid year, I, there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some drives that you know the Boo Birds are going to come out, and oh, there's not going to be any fans at the game. But the yeah. Boo Birds on Twitter, anyway, are going to come out and call for not Dylan McCaffrey anymore. They're going to call for a backup quarterback, and so it's not going to be perfect. I, I would say I'd be pissed. I was going to say six and two, but you know, as a Michigan fan, <laughs> I'd be pissed at six, six and two. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to see like. Because there hasn't been like a, a, a true off season, I want to see him look solid. Yeah. And then go twenty twenty one, not to where like you know you're like Wilton Spate and you're just like, what is this guy gonna do? Yikes! Uh, so I I agree with you, Matt, a little bit. I'd say about I'd say about half and half your agreement here. I like Joe Milton. I like what he's uh, kind of like the the hype around him. He's got a lot <laughs> of hype around this guy. Um, is it justified though? <laughs> He's going to get to Ohio State and he threw a pick. So yeah. that, that's the biggest thing that all I've seen him on the field so far is he's throwing a pick against Ohio State. Yo, yo. Now, oh, sorry to cut you oh. off, Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo, tell me if I'm wrong, but the fact that him and McCaffrey couldn't beat out Shea Patterson last year, isn't that a bit of a red flag? There's a red flag there. Hey, mate, there's a red flag. It's getting raised as we speak. Uh, <laughs> Milton, we're gonna we're gonna find out. Really, we're gonna find out. I'm really hoping that he can really put that pick because that that's a tough way to start your college football career. A pick yeah. against Ohio State. Yeah. Put that pick on the back burner. You gotta forget about that thing because otherwise yeah. that's gonna come back and haunt him every time he plays Ohio State. So <laughs> oh, dude, he's get rid of that, and he's just gotta go forward from here. I think he can be great. He's just gotta. So, I don't know. Right. He, he can't get the Michigan quarterback blues, as you right. might call them. Honestly, honestly, I think Dylan McCaffrey opting out helps them a lot. Because right yeah, now, I do. Only, I... But if McCaffrey actually is, if all that is true, I think it is. But, you know, if that is actually true, their backup quarterbacks, Cade McNamara, which is, I mean, he has, he has zero experience. So yeah. Joe Melton is the guy. Yeah. You're not looking at your shoulder if you That's do a great throw point. a pick. McCaffrey's going to come in. Milton can just go out there and ball out. And it's year two of Gaddis's offense. So hopefully, in theory, he's got the offense down. Uh, his receivers are all in. They've got a pretty good running back room. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm going. actually, it's a good. It's actually a good news that McCaffrey is transferring out because, like you said, he it, it, it would have ended up being like we have two quarterbacks, but we really have none yeah. because they both would have probably been pl- like splitting snaps and one would play one good one game and then one would play good the other game unless Milton just absolutely ran away with the job which I don't I don't think he will but I think he'll be a solid quarterback. I definitely like that he's the quarterback a lot more than McCaffrey. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Worst feeling in the world though like if he did if McCaffrey did not doubt and he was still uh, in the season like 
Milton throws a pick, like the camera's like flash to like McCaffrey like warming up his arm. Yeah. Like that's like awful. <laughs> but they would do because they can't they can't go show the fans. There's yeah. no fans in the stadium. Right. So they'd go right to Harbaugh and then right to McCaffrey. <laughs> and yeah. he I the one thing, what if McCaffrey just goes to like USC or something and just becomes like just absolute stud? Like that's something that we haven't really considered. It's possible. Not likely, but I don't know if you remember uh, the name of uh, Derek Green, but uh, <laughs> Derek Green left Michigan and went and had a thousand yard rushing season in Central Michigan. So, oh, that was yeah. uh, Thomas Rawls. That was Thomas Rawls. Oh, yeah, Thomas Rawls. Tom. <laughs> Derek, Derek Green did go. Where did he go? He transferred. Yeah, he went somewhere and he he, he balled out for a little bit. Derek he Green he balled out for a season or two. I mean, Thomas Rawls went and got himself an NFL job out of that. So yeah, he did. He did. All right, so transitioning a little bit away from Michigan football for a little bit. So for, I mentioned it right off the rip of the pod. Matt, you worked at uh, ESPN. You've been there for what? Probably what, about ten, f- five, ten years? Pretty long time now. Pretty pretty close to ten years, I believe. Uh, so yeah, can ten, you kind of maybe explain what uh, what got you in, even into the sports media business and then kind of just walk us through like your whole story almost from starting obviously in Grand Rapids at, at Grand Valley to somehow ending up in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN? Yeah, so I mean, like like you guys and like a lot of people, honestly, you know, when I was growing up, my dream wasn't I want to be a firefighter or a, or a policeman or something like that. I legitimately wanted to be a professional athlete. Like that's all. Yeah. That's all I wanted. I was all <laughs> football, basketball. Like that's all I cared about. Obviously, that didn't pan out. So, oh. uh, so the next best next best thing was getting into the sports media business, and then you know the peak of sports media is ESPN. So. You know, I went to Grand Valley and I went for broadcasting and media production and, you know, whatever, whatever the degree was. And uh, I started working at Fox 17 over there right after uh, college, right after I graduated. So that kind of got me into like the TV business. And I loved it over there. I know, Jared, you've worked there a little bit. Um, Love the crew there. Grand Rapids is a great town. I love West Michigan. Uh, So it wasn't anything like, man, I got to get out of here. I loved working at Fox 17. Loved uh, West Michigan and everything like that. But I was like getting to the point where I was like, all right, I'm single. You know, I don't have a kid. I don't have family or anything like that. I'm like, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to like give this an actual shot, go to ESPN, I got to do it now. And one of my buddies actually who worked at Fox 17, he had gotten a job at ESPN. So I was keeping in touch with him and like texting him. He was like, dude, you got to apply, man. It's (laughs) so like, I mean, it's just like, it's the coolest job, it, you know, as he's like texting me. So I just started applying. I honestly, I applied to probably over 200 jobs at ESPN. I would get on their website, like at least two or three times a week and just apply to anything that was like of any interest. I was applying to like HR jobs yeah. and like accounting jobs, stuff that I didn't even like go to school for. I was just like, I could probably figure out how to do this. So I was just applying, applying, applying. And finally I got a call. They fly me out there for an interview, and um, it actually didn't call me back for like three months after that interview. So I was getting a little like worried, yeah. but got a call, got a job, uh, moved out there, and yeah, the rest is history. I'm down here in Charlotte now, working still for ESPN, but the SEC network is down here in Charlotte. Um, but but yeah, it, it's been amazing, and it is like you you talked about on the last podcast, Jared, that you feel like sometimes you're chasing like like that job with like that energy and like the that rush. adrenaline yeah. stuff. And that's the easiest way I can describe the job at ESPN. And that's why I love it. Obviously I'm a sports nut that helps, but, uh, the adrenaline rush, because yeah, you miss it. I mean, we're, you know, we're all athletes and stuff. You do miss that adrenaline rush. And 
there's those nights that whether it's a college football Saturday or the NBA finals are going on or even like random summer nights where there's a full slate of MLB games that everyone's cutting highlights, everyone's running around going crazy. There's like great games going on. You know, there's that adrenaline rush. And I mean, it's something that like, unless you're, unless you're a professional athlete, I mean, maybe there's probably some other fields that you get that adrenaline rush when you're if you're in a courtroom. Like, yeah. I don't know, I'm thinking about movies. Maybe if you're like in some like crazy courtroom doing something like that, maybe get that adrenaline rush. But you you get that adrenaline rush uh, working for ESPN, and it's awesome. Also, I always think like I'm getting paid to watch sports. Yeah. So, that'll too. Yeah. End of the day, that's awesome. Uh, I guess like to to kind of bounce off that question. I guess I've, I have never really gotten the full story of like what you're actually do for ESPN or the SEC network. Uh, yeah, just go ahead, dude. The floor is yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've kind of changed a few jobs. The, the main thing that I've always done is video editing. So I, it's like hard to explain. Like when I tell people even like I, I edit video for ESPN, <laughs> I'm like, well, what does that mean? The easiest way I always ex- explain is like if you're watching ESPN, whether it's SportsCenter, whether it's First Take or – if you're watching a college football Saturday, you know, at halftime they go to the studio for raps and, you know, they're giving highlights. Any video that you see on any ESPN has to be edited, and that's what I do. Obviously, there's a crew of 120 editors or whatever, so it's not all just me. But any video that you see on ESPN that has been edited, that's what I do. And so uh, the other job that I do now is um, actual, like, live game production so yeah. especially now with this this covid stuff there's been a big push to i don't know save money basically and become more uh become more efficient with how they spend money and instead of sending crews out to ann arbor to east lansing or whatever for games we stay in studio and produce the game from the studio and actually like run the replays and the announcers are in there with us um stuff like that so that's the other thing i do we don't do you know, obviously, like if it's Michigan, Ohio State or Alabama, LSU, they're still going to send some people there. Um, but, you know, the smaller games, yeah. so the game we we're talking about earlier, stuff like that, that there's no reason to send a whole crew to Eastern Kentucky or whatever. We produce those games from in-house. Uh, so that's what, like that. the easiest way to explain that is when you're watching the game, we're the ones putting that on TV. So. So, so when people are video editing, is it are, do you do do people do it for like specific shows? Like, do you do it for? I know, like, I'm pretty sure you do it for the Fine Bomb show, or is it something where like it's hey, like put together a pack of I don't know Kevin Durant or something, and it's going to air on like every single like Sports Center that night? Is it kind of random? How does that work? Are you no, assigned so, to shows? Yeah down, yeah, down here, obviously one one of the main shows is the Fine Bomb show, um, but but up in Bristol, you do get every day you go in. And it's pretty cool. This is like along the lines of like the uh, the adrenaline rush thing. Yeah. Like it's actually pretty cool. You don't know what you're going to work on from day to day. You go in, and maybe you're working on NFL Live, or maybe you're doing College Game Day, or maybe you're just doing highlights for Sports Center. So you go in, and like there there were days that like I would go in, I'd be assigned to NFL Live, and Mark Schlereth would be sitting in my edit room, or yeah. I'd be the College Raps, and Joey Galloway would be sitting in my edit room getting ready to edit highlights and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, usually you're assigned to an actual show, whether it's sports center or college game day or Sunday NFL countdown or something like that. Um, but, but yeah, that's the thing that's cool is like these guys just become like your coworkers. So like you're walking yeah. around and like 
Howard is just like your coworker. It's pretty cool. Who is for you? Who is somebody at like ESPN where maybe you don't see him? Maybe you've only seen him once or twice, but you're kind of like, whoa! Like there's I don't know <laughs> Scott Van Pelt. Is there anyone like that? Like like Scott Van Pelt? Whoa! There he is. Or you probably are you pretty much familiar with everybody there? I mean, for the most part, like Scott Van Pelt was one just because he's one of my favorite. Uh, Stuart Scott actually before he passed away, he was one. Because growing up, like watching Sports Center, yeah. Sports Center was the cool thing ever. Stuart Scott was like the guy. So the first couple times that I bumped into him was like, holy shit, that, what's up, Stu? And he, yeah. he, was, he was the nicest guy you would ever meet in your life. And same with Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt, like I've, I've told you guys on Three Point Podcast, like the guy that you see doing golf coverage or on Sports Center is the exact same guy when you're sitting at the cafeteria eating lunch. Like he's just the coolest dude ever. Um, so he's one. But as far as like, I guess, celebrities, Magic Johnson was one that the first time I bumped into him and he was actually like the, he was like my welcome to ESPN moment. Yeah. Like that story I was telling, like it was like my first or second day and I was going into the bathroom outside of one of the big areas where we work. I was going in, he was coming out and he almost smoked me with the door and I was like, Oh shit. Oh, excuse me. And I'm looking up and it's six foot eight magic Johnson that I almost ran into. And I'm like, Oh man, excuse me. And he's yeah. like, no, no, you're good. You're good. And I was like, Magic Johnson, what the hell? So like, but you know, the few times I saw him around, Desmond Howard was on just because obviously growing up a Michigan fan, uh, you know that was pretty cool. I wasn't there though. I had already come down to uh, Charlotte when Charles Woodson and Randy Moss got hired to do Sunday NFL Countdown. Yeah. I can't imagine if I would have bumped into Randy Moss or Charles Woodson on campus, that would have been like, yeah, whoa. no, the coolest thing, yeah. What is, so that cafeteria, I've, I know Yo-Yo Ball is wondering this. The cafeteria is kind of thing of like lore where people say it's like some of the best food you're ever going to get. Is that is that true or is it basically just like cafeteria food? I'm going to say yes and no. Like, yes, but the thing is with, with working at ESPN, again, it's like a whole – it's the lore of it, I guess, kind of like what you said. I mean, you're there five days a week, six days a week, nights, weekends, holidays, whatever. So sometimes that cafeteria is your only option. So if you think about it, you know, think about Corona High School cafeteria. Yeah. yeah, the food might be all right, but you're eating the same thing <laughs> five, six, seven days a week. So there, there's a ton of options. They actually like upgraded it uh, three or four years ago, and made, it's like it's actually like really good now. But there there were times that I was like, oh my god, I got to go back to the cafe and get pasta again, or get a wrap or something like that. But yeah. but the coolest thing, the, the food is really good. The coolest thing is, like, one of the first times that I went down there and had lunch, grabbed my food, and I go sit down and table over Jalen Rose's eating lunch with, like, his producer or something like that. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm eating lunch next yeah. to Jalen Rose. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely pretty awesome. Uh, kind of back to, like, the production part of, like, where, like you said, like, you worked the production of it. Uh I've seen I got I got a couple of buddies that are like in the college football scene, and I've seen a lot like all the work that goes behind like producing, for an example, like a Mac game, just a Mac like cord. Like you go like in some of these back rooms, like the press box, and like cords are flying everywhere. <laughs> Looks like there's like like a tornado in like these back rooms, and uh, so like on game days, like there's like a truck that sits like outside of like the stadium, and it feels like a little, there's like editors, like producers in there. So would you ever be like in those trucks or uh, like, I guess like what was your job? Like on a game day, same exact type of deal. 
Yeah, so that that truck, what I, that I'm talking about with how we're starting to do more games like in-house, that's where that truck wouldn't have to be there. So everything we're doing in-house, running the replays, building the packages, you know, like when you see like Joe Milton's having a hell of a game and they show like all of his touchdown passes, we have to add stuff together. So that's what's going on inside that truck. Yeah, there's a producer, there's the replay, you know, like right after you see a touchdown and you see a replay, that would be me running that thing. Uh, so those are the people in the trucks. That's what they're trying to get a little more efficient with. So, yeah, the Mac is still actually a big day, especially for those Tuesday night Maction games. Um, again, COVID obviously changing things, but they would still send people to those Tuesday night Maction games. But, you know, now, like, the, the truck might not be there because they're trying to save a little money, so people are in-house. There's always going to have to be camera people at the stadium and stuff like that, but... Well, no, that's that's something like it, it's cool. Like you get to see, poke your head into that truck and see what goes on, because I think a lot of people, you know, it's hard sometimes, like on Twitter, not to like go at people who are like taking shots at ESPN or whatever. Like if there's a little mistake or if like a yeah. graphic is wrong or something like that, and like you know, people, and it's it's not a fault. I mean, they just they don't know what goes into it. That's not their fault. But it's like you don't know what goes into these productions, all the moving parts, and how much work goes in like uh i laugh sometimes like we spend sometimes like hours two three hours on like a 10 second little highlight or something <laughs> like that like you know at the beginning of a game there's usually like kind yeah, of like a the cool su- yeah, yeah yeah and like a little hype video type thing to get into that sometimes we spend like two or three hours on that thing and it's a little 10 second clip and so people don't even notice and we're like i just spent yeah. three hours <laughs> it's like it just goes <laughs> over without no one even says anything about it. have you ever right. you mentioned how it's like people will mess up and people will comment on twitter is there something have you ever had like a not necessarily like a big mess up but something where you're like oh shoot like that just went on live air yeah yeah we we did uh i know it was like two years ago we were doing a college basketball game uh i'm trying to remember who it was right now i'm blanking on who it was but anyway we did kind of mess up the tees at the beginning of the game yeah. we put some wrong video in there <laughs> and uh luckily like it was it was a smaller game so not a ton of people were watching but yeah like usually if something like that happens maybe the producer or someone will hop on twitter or something and see if people are talking about it and there were people talking about it like that wasn't even the right team you know they were saying <laughs> stuff like a bunch of idiots and it's weird to think like that literally was me. Yeah. <laughs> in that. So I don't know, but it happens. Like I always think like I don't I'm one that's like I'm I feel like I'm pretty like cool headed. Like, you know, some people get pretty out of control, pissed yeah. off, start yelling and screaming in people's ears and going crazy. I always try and keep the perspective of like this is just T V. Like I, honestly, like there's a lot of money involved and especially with those bigger games, there's a lot of money. But, you know, it's not like brain surgery. It's yeah. not like we're delivering a baby or something like that. Like, yes, if you make a mistake, you don't want to do that. But it's like, all right, everyone, like, it's just TV. Let's, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Um, kind, of, kind of a little change of speed here, no pun intended. But living in Bristol and being in <laughs> Bristol. Uh, I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge NASCAR fan. I'm absolutely massive NASCAR fan. Have you ever went to the track, seen the track? Uh, Bristol is like one of like the the mega bowls, as you could say, of of NASCAR. Um, how is it? I, I would love to go see it, but how is it? I guess if you've seen it. So this is this is a confusion. It's a, it's it's Bristol, Connecticut, obviously, and that that track is in Bristol, Tennessee. Oh, so, got <laughs> back to the drawing board, oh, yo yo. Gotcha! Wow, 
And for some reason, I always thought it was in Connecticut. I don't know why. Nope, nope. Bristol, Tennessee. I have, though, been by it in Bristol, Tennessee. And have you? did you go to Faster Horses? Have you been oh, to MI? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to be a four-year letter winner uh, this year, along with Fats. Um, however, uh, COVID. So yeah, I, I figured you were part of that crew. So, so you've seen MIS, but Bristol Motor Speedway is like MIS on steroids. I don't know like the best way to describe it. Like MIS is actually pretty cool. But driving by, I haven't been to a race at Bristol Motor Speedway to answer your question. But uh, I've been in Charlotte Motor Speedway down here. And yeah. You're, you're a big NASCAR guy uh, coming down here to Concord to where north of Charlotte, where the Hendrick, Hendrick Motorsports is and the NASCAR Hall of Fame and uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. I mean, you would be walking around like, don't wear sweatpants if you come down here. <laughs> it looks like NASCAR heaven down uh-huh. here. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that, um, yeah that, that's cool. If you're looking at it here, I thought uh, it was in Connecticut. <laughs> Some na- that's when you know you're a fake NASCAR fan right uh, there. What's that? When I got hired, at, when I told telling people, like, yeah, I'm moving to Bristol, I had, like, 10 people hit me up and say, like, get me NASCAR tickets. And I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> I'm not going to – I didn't know that. I thought it was in Bristol, Connecticut, too. I mean, I never yeah. would have asked that question because I don't really care, but I thought it was in Connecticut. I honestly did. <laughs> so uh, what you were talking about how it's like you – every day you walk in and you're assigned a different, like, show or something you're going to be working on today. Is there, like – what's, like, the Super Bowl? At ESPN, like the, oh, I'm on this today. Like, I'm on first take, or I'm on college game day. Like, what is what was your favorite show to work on? Oh, it's college game day. Yeah. It's college game day, or it's it's Sunday <laughs> countdown. If you can do a Sunday NFL countdown, that's like the cream of the crop. That, that and game day, because game day just wins Emmy after Emmy every yeah. year. And, you know, you're getting to work with Herb Street, Fowler, Reese Davis, and all those guys. And, uh, and then now Pollock and stuff. So, and and Lee Corso. Corso used to be on campus all the time. He's the nicest dude ever. So, yeah. so yeah, game NFL countdown. But then like you you get these random that that's again I, I just keep going back to like that rush. You get these random nights where you don't know what to expect. Like there was a day I walked in and I'm doing a highlight and it was Johan Santana's no hitter for the Mets and I just go in thinking I'm doing baseball highlights for Sports Center. Next thing you know, Johan Santana's throwing a no hitter. And I'm editing the highlight for SportsCenter for millions of people to see with a girl who's a lifelong Mets fan. She's going crazy because yeah. Johan Santana about to throw a no-hitter. And I'm editing this highlight that millions of people are going to see in about five minutes or whatever. Uh, so you get stuff like that. And one, one thing I always think about, too, uh, when Joe Pa, when the stuff broke for Penn State, uh, that, that whole mess, I was the one editing. You remember when people rushed his house? Yeah. And we're taking like a cell phone video of him talking on his front step. I was the one editing that video, having to subtitle everything he said because he was like, I don't even remember what he was saying. He was basically just saying like, "We are." Yeah, he was saying yeah. like, "Go Penn State" over and over, but you couldn't understand what he said because people were cheering and stuff. And this was like the biggest story in college sports at that time. And I'm do- again, I'm doing this with a chick who knew Joe Paterno, work Penn State alum worked for the family, worked for the media at Penn State. She's sitting there crying, and yeah. we're trying to, like, subtitle this thing. And I, I was just like, what is going down right now? I'm trying to subtitle this thing, and people are running around going crazy because Penn State just got busted for whatever they did. So here's yeah, some, stuff, stuff like that is yeah. just, like, it's crazy. Here's something I've always wondered, and it's something that makes a, a okay highlight, like, awesome. I remember, and it's funny mm-hmm. how you say – 
the no hitter. I remember Mark Burley for the White Sox. I think he threw a perfect game. And I remember it was right when like I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas was like super popular. And I still remember like watching that highlight like on Sports Center. So when can they? It seems like sometimes Sports Center will use like generic beat one, and sometimes they use like some like rap song. Is that like how does that work? Is that are you able to do it sometimes and other times not? And is that like something you think about? Like I'm gonna put a sweet song on this one. So it's definitely it's definitely something you think about because look at that you music drives highlights or montages more than the actual video. Yeah. I mean, you think we were talking about on the podcast the other day about when you hear a song and you immediately think like, I want to go lift or I want to yeah. go work out <laughs> song. It's all about the music. So definitely when you hear a song, like I remember the first time I heard uh, imagine dragons, uh, believer, yeah. I was like, I want to edit a montage <laughs> to this song. Cause it is so badass. So no, like, but to answer your question, uh, there's always music deals. You can't just use any music. So especially like commercial music, because you'd have to pay, especially for like Sports Center or something, you for Black Eyed Peas or Imagine Dragons or Eminem or you know whatever, you'd have to pay them a shit ton of money to use that music. So okay. every month there's a music deal. So every month on the first of the month they send us a long email with like thirty or forty songs that they paid for for that month, and those are everything you can use. Once that next day, so say October first, once it's November first. If you use one of those songs, like you're going to be in like the CP's office or something <laughs> like that. So those those deals are usually only 30 days, and that's it. Oh, so, okay. But I people on deal that month. Have you ever done like for college game day? Done like the Imagine Dragons, like one of those montages? <laughs> I have. I have. It's a, it's the coolest thing ever to see <laughs> to then go to Twitter and see people talking about it and be like, I'm the one that did that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah, those definitely the those are the best ones I like this stick in my head for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the college game day crew? What are they even like like? Have you like so when you're working on college game day, are you on site with them or are you doing it from the studio, just piping in the highlights and stuff like that? Yeah, like for what for what I do, I would I'm in the studio, but they, it's the coolest crew. Yeah. Eddie probably. They're the nicest people. I mean, they're obviously the most talented people you will, will ever meet because I don't know. I'm obviously a TV nerd, but like when I watch game day, I just like sit back in awe and I'm like, this is the coolest show ever. Like everything's so clean. Like everyone's just so talented. Like the, you know, obviously the talent, you know, Corso, obviously Corso is getting a little old, but he's such a legend. Like who cares? Let Corso do what he wants to do, but everyone's just so good on that show. It's like, if you want to work on any show and you want to work in TV or obviously sports television, game day is like peak it's it's peak tv it's 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 awesome do you ever um like when you're sitting back because you like you edit a lot of from what i understand like you're editing quite a bit when it comes to like all these different sports games and that do you still have times to sit back and watch the game and like enjoy the game just as much as you are enjoying like your work that goes into the game or have you kind of grown into like now, now that you're like working every game and, and like and, and editing these certain games, that's how you find your enjoyment through the games now. Or, I guess, yeah, yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. I would say like, I, I yes to both because yeah, I, I love editing. So yeah, there's been days that you know I'm editing like they'll they'll give me like five or six college football games and those are the ones I have to keep an eye on. So yeah, that's where like you're saying that's where the enjoyment comes because I'm bouncing back and forth through those games and dropping highlights and the touchdowns and interceptions in. But I always make sure to have Michigan on up here. Like, yeah. I always make sure to have them on so I can keep an eye on them. 
Uh, so, you know, but there's definitely nights that maybe it's a little slower or there's not as many games. So you can literally sit and watch the game. Uh, but yeah, I, maybe I haven't really thought about it that way, but, but yeah, the enjoyment does come out of like putting the games together, putting the highlights together. Unless, unless it's yeah. Michigan state, Michigan, then I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> What's the, um, is there like a certain day that you remember where you were covering something that was just like unbelievably boring? You're like, and like, I just, what the heck am I doing? Like cutting up highlights for this. Is there something that's ever been like that? I mean, I guess not anything that like sticks out in my head. There's definitely, I remember some, you know, you always hear about the dog days of summer and those, those summer days when it's only baseball Yeah, and you're like literally trying to like force highlights. There's no, no hitters. There's no dude that hit four home runs. You know, there's nothing crazy. There's no walk-offs and you're just literally sitting there like, these are all the most generic three and a half hour baseball games. And we got to try and make highlights out of this. Yeah. That, that would be, and you're looking outside and it's 85 degrees. People are going to the beach and, you know, doing stuff like that. And you're sitting there in, you know, in a dungeon edit yeah. room, basically. So maybe, maybe those would be something that sticks out. What is or, the, yeah, like, go, go ahead. Yo, yo. Uh, well, like Wimbledon, uh, did you ever have to like edit like tennis? <laughs> I'm sure. See, see, how does that go? The thing is, is tennis highlights. Tennis, you'll be tennis highlights are actually pretty cool. Like that action. Yeah. You know, think about like Djokovic or Federer when he's in his prime. Those highlights are actually like pretty cool. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely just like a casual tennis fan. I will only watch Wimbledon, U.S. Open. So I'm not like a huge tennis fan, but the highlights are kind of cool. Honestly, it feels like it's almost like a needle in the haystack because like there's only like a cool play that happens every once in a while. And it's almost like the pressure of you have to get that highlight like right because other other than that you're just gonna get a highlight of two guys bouncing bouncing tennis ball back and back and forth. <laughs> no, no, you're right. But that that's one of those sports where the it's easy to pick out the highlights. Oh for sure. Winners, the highlights are the the aces. So even if you don't know tennis, it's like okay, the crowd went crazy. That must have been a good play. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what is kind of the layout at ESPN? How does it work? Is it like you walk in and there's, oh, there's First Take Studio. There's Sports Center Studio. There's, like, Mike and Mike <clears throat> in the Morning. Or is it all, like, one, one like, building? Or is it all separate buildings? Or how do they, like, kind of divvy it up? What does it look like? No, it, I mean, it's a huge college campus. There's 15 buildings and so obviously like a couple of the buildings are like HR yeah. marketing, uh, you know, stuff like that. So there's probably four or five buildings that I never had to step foot in, but then, yeah, there's, there's like three or four buildings and, uh, well, sports center has their own studio sports center. First take has their own studio, uh, BBTN when, when baseball was a bigger thing at ESPN, they had their own yeah. studio, but otherwise there, there's a few studios that people kind of share. Um, but obviously sports center has their own first take has their own, um, wraps. So like the college football, you know, on Saturdays when you see the, the halftime shows and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, they have studio, but there are a couple of generic studios that people share, but otherwise, yeah, you've got to bounce around from probably three or four buildings and then the cafeteria, uh, throughout your day. The coolest room though, it's different now. Freaking COVID is like screwing everything up. It's <laughs> different now, but the coolest room was it's, it's called screening. And it's a huge room with like in the middle, like in on the floor of the room, there's probably 50 uh, computers. And that's where the PAs uh, screen the games. So like they're assigned to you got the Nuggets game tonight. You've got the Sixers game tonight. You've got the Pistons game. They're sitting at all these uh, computers screening the games, watching them, you know, listening to the sound, 
you know, doing research or whatever. And then along the walls are 12 edit rooms. So they, they start putting stuff together, you know, um, Tim Legler is sitting there doing his highlights or, you know, whatever they're doing that stuff. And then they go to the edit rooms yeah. and gather the highlights and do all that stuff. That's the room that that's where all the energy is at. Because if like a crazy play happens, like everyone erupts, if, you know, something stupid happens, everyone's going crazy. People are running around. So, so that, that's the room that everyone wants to be in. Is there a certain night that you remember, like the best game you ever watched there, or or maybe here's a better one when you were in Grand Rapids or something like that? What's the best game you've ever covered? I know you were there for when Tate Forcier uh, beat Notre Dame, which was a great one. Uh, is that is that at the top of the list, or what else is there? As far as like being in person, yes, yeah. <laughs> in person covering a game that Tate Forcier Nate Notre Dame game. Because I mean, you got to remember Tate Forcier was going to win the Heisman. Yeah, after that. he was September Heisman. <laughs> You're right. And he was going to take Richrod to win a national championship. I mean, that that Notre Dame game was incredible as far as, like, in person. Uh, But I guess I'm trying to think. Probably the one that always comes to mind as far as, like, with with ESPN is that the NBA Finals game with the Spurs in the heat when uh, Ray Allen hit that corner three and everyone, like, went crazy and (laughs) the Heat ended up winning. That's the loudest I've ever heard that room at ESPN. When Ray Allen hit that three, people went absolutely berserk. So, and I was doing the, I was doing the sports center highlight for that yeah. game. So, uh, that, that's always one that comes to mind. Cause that was like, you're sitting there and you know, obviously like when you watch sports center, some of these shows, you only have a certain amount of time for your highlight. Like sometimes it's only a minute and a half. Sometimes it's two minutes. If it's a bigger game, maybe it's three or four. That was a game where like the producer was like, put every play in. I don't care. Don't take anything out. Yeah. Put every play in this highlight. I don't care if this highlight ends up being ten minutes long. This game is incredible. So yeah, that's the way that, to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, to go off of like you said, like, I mean, obviously, uh, three big Michigan fans here. Um, other than Jared's on the fence a little bit, I think. I'm more of a Michigan State hater than I am a Michigan fan. I've, I've said that from the jump. Uh, other than the game you worked uh, for Fox, I would say like. Uh, how was like the um, like the uh, like the second under the lights game? The first under, the under the lights game with uh, Denard. Uh, where were you at? I guess like during that that moment in Ann Arbor. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I I'd gone home. Yeah, I'd gone home that weekend because uh, I knew game day was going to be there. So I was like, I'm I'm taking this weekend off. I went to game day and like hung out there with some buddies, and then we, we just went back to one of my buddies' house to watch the game. Um, but no, that, that, that was, I, that was a game that obviously I had a blast and, you know, watching it with my buddies, but I was like, I wouldn't mind being at work right now for this game because yeah. I would have requested this highlight and I would have like blown that highlight up. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You, uh, one, this is one of my favorite stories maybe ever. And you told it on the three point pod a couple of times, but, uh, <laughs> you you you're a huge Kobe Bryant fan, huge Los Angeles Lakers fan. You go all the way out to LA. Uh, I, I believe you went to, or no, was it? Where was it? Where was uh, the game? You went to. I don't know if it was LA or where, but you basically uh, just to kind of t- to tell like the quick uh, preview. You bought tickets from a guy on the street for what two hundred two hundred bucks piece, and then basically what happened from there. <laughs> it's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty I, good one. It's one of my favorites. We're going for it. yeah. I didn't I didn't know which way you were going because. There's kind of two stories. Like, so the one that you're talking about, uh, I went to the Lakers were in New York playing the oh, Knicks. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, I went to New York with my girlfriend at the time, 
and we went to a Broadway show. And um, after after the Broadway show got out, I'm sitting there, and the Broadway show was at Madison Square Garden. So Madison Square Garden, there's there's yeah. a Broadway theater and the basketball court. So I'm sitting there. We're in the lobby of Madison Square Garden, and Kobe is right over there playing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I tell my girlfriend, I'm like, if we leave and I don't at least try to get into this game, I'm going to be pissed at myself for the rest of my life. <laughs> so we go, you know, like how often are you going to get yeah, a chance yeah. to see me play at Madison Square Garden? And I'm like, I, I got to do this. So we go out to the street, and like an idiot, I, I'm probably a little naive. I just find some <laughs> dude on the streets. He's like, ah, tickets, tickets. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got two? You got two? I want to get in there. I want to get in there. And he's like, yeah, yeah. It was 200 bucks. Cause I, I, yeah. It was 200 bucks because I, I had to get 400 bucks from the ATM. 200 bucks a ticket. And I'm like, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to see Kobe at, at Madison Square Garden. I like everything, everything that led up to it should have been all red flags. Cause when, when he said 200 bucks, he was like, he was like, but wait, I got, I got to go get the tickets right now. He like ran to his little, like, I don't know, whatever his like cart he yeah. had. So I was like, eh, like some, I don't know. This doesn't feel right, right here. You know, like all these things, yeah. like some will tell you, like, listen to your conscience. Like I should have listened. I was like, eh, it doesn't feel right, but okay, whatever. <laughs> I only had 80 bucks cash on me. So I had to go to an ATM that should have also been a red flag. Like, like I only have stars aren't aligning. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, I'm going to follow you there. So I was like, ah, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> I'm, I'm still like, I've got my, I'm so excited to see Kobe. I, I got my like blinders on. So I pull out, pull out the 400 bucks, give him the money. I'm pumped. We go in and immediately when I had the tickets to the lady, she scans them and is like, yeah, these are fake. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, wait, 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 what, what do you mean they're fake? And she was like, well, first of all, look at them. And they looked real, but like all the like barcode and everything that was important basically yeah. wasn't there. So I was like, I was like, how am I supposed to know this? And she's like, sorry. She was like, you should never trust any of the scalpers yeah. outside of the garden. And I was like, I was pissed. I don't know what I was going to do, but I ran outside to find this dude. Probably was about to get like, shot or something. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, where's this guy? And didn't find him. Obviously. Yeah, he was gone. Long gone. <laughs> what a con uh, you got to respect it almost what a con job by the he saw like this guy maybe not normally in new york that often just blinded by kobe love he's like this guy will pay anything for these tickets i can get yep. him right now he, pre- he probably came up with 200 bucks a ticket on the spot yeah he's probably like i don't know 200 bucks and i was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> where were the seats do you know like were they like floor seats or were these just like nosebleeds they were they were nosebleeds they were in the, they 200 were in the bucks it, like it was one of those things too like my the girlfriend i was with she was even like i don't know matt you know maybe this isn't a good idea so i should have even listened to yeah. her but <laughs> terrible all right i uh, thought, thought you were gonna tell when you mentioned la though yeah uh i thought you were gonna tell the story like i the year that kobe blew out his achilles i had i, I went out to la for the game right after he blew out his achilles and had bought tickets with with a couple buddies to go to that game yeah and the night before we're at the bar we're like getting rowdy we're doing karaoke and up on the tv breaking news kobe bryant blows out his achilles and i'm like the next day i'm flying to la to go to the next game to watch kobe play at staples center 
And uh, you, I'm pretty sure I cried that night. I'm yeah. pretty sure I went on <laughs> you, I, this, I've always wondered because there's always games where LeBron talks about how he never wants like kids to come see him play and he's like not playing. Uh, the, like the, Where he has like a load management game or something. But where yeah. you... I, that is just unbelievably timing. So you never ever got to see Kobe play, or did you finally get to see him play? I did. I saw him play at the Palace when he would come play the Pistons. I saw I don't know three or four times at oh, the okay. Palace. At least you got to saw, see him play. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I just, at the Palace, but hey, it works. <laughs> the All right. Palace. I mean, that, that was a. I liked the Palace. I, I did know, too. It, was cool place. it wasn't Madison Square Garden. No. I mean, I mean, the Palace yeah. had the best name of all any stadium maybe ever. So. Yeah. Well, a little bit better than Little Caesars Arena. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, all right, I got one more question, and then I'll throw it to Yo-Yo for the last question of the pod. Uh, I just something I've always wondered about ESPN. People seem to think that it's like all like diehard sports lovers and things like that. But how many people that are working there, maybe a job you have, that just absolutely kind of despise sports, or they don't even really care about sports whatsoever? It's just they're good at like video editing or something along those lines. Yeah, actually, quite a few. Yeah, and that, that's people always say like. Oh, you, you have to be a sports lover to work at ESPN. And it's like, well, not necessarily. Like, yeah, it maybe helps. But I mean, there's a lot of people who are just like, they love technology. Like, they yeah. love they love audio or they love video editing or they're engineers and they get a job at ESPN. And, you know, that's like, if you want to work in broadcasting, that's a pretty good place to work. So, um, yeah, that, not necessarily everyone. Actually, I, I'd almost say it's like 60 40, like 60. Could care, couldn't care less about sports. Like they're yeah. you know fans, or they don't. Maybe they like like the Yankees, and that's it, or something. But um, there, I mean, there's obviously a huge chunk that are like sports nuts. But yeah. No, quite quite a few don't care about sports at all. Nice. Um, so, kind of to end the pod. I asked uh, mm-hmm. the old guy on your three point pod show. Uh, I asked him the same mm-hmm. thing uh, at the end. Uh, I always want to end it kind of like a little bit meaningful and the way I, what I asked him and what I'm going to ask you is what, what got you into sports? What got you working into ESPN and why have you stayed there? Why do you enjoy it as much as you do? I mean, as far as like getting into sports, uh, I mean, I've just always loved sports and I've always loved the team aspect of sports. And like we, we talked about, you know, on the podcast on three point pod, like some of the stuff I remember, most about sports obviously like scoring touchdowns is cool and winning games is cool but i mean when you when you're hanging out with your boys what do you do you still talk about like the summer camps or you yeah. still talk about the two days hanging out with your buddies or the stupid stuff you would do in the locker rooms and you know <laughs> stuff like that and like those are the memories as far as like sports that i love the most is like hanging out with your boys and and the team aspect yeah. of it and honestly like when when people talk about working at espn the rush and everything, like getting that adrenaline is definitely a big part, but the family atmosphere is the, what keeps me at ESPN. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm from Corona. Most of my family's still in Michigan. So it does suck to live 13 hours away from a lot of my family. But what keeps me here is like, it's such a great place to work because everyone is like such a family and like everyone looks out for each other and like the team atmosphere and like, everyone's like good friends and, when you're at work, it's just like hanging out. I mean, people yeah. talk about working at ESPN is like Neverland. Like you go there to never grow up. And, and that's kind of like what it is. Like, especially in Bristol, it's like an extension of college. Like when you go there, it's almost like it just keeps rolling. So like the fight, it's fun. 
it's a fun atmosphere. It's obviously a great company to work for, working for Disney and, and ESPN. But it's like it's the family atmosphere uh, that keeps me, and, and that's what everyone says. Whenever they leave ESPN, you know, they think the grass is always greener, maybe at some other place, and they always say like two or three years later, like, and there's nothing like working at ESPN. I mean, it's it's a family atmosphere, and it's awesome. I mean, you're working nights, weekends, holidays. You're working shitty hours, and you're yeah. working long days. So you better like the people that you're working with, and and you know, for the most part, I do. So. So, I mean, that, to answer your question, I, that's what keeps me there. Obviously, the sports. I love sports. I love editing video and stuff like that. But it's such a like cool place to work. And it reminds me of being in that Corona football locker room at Corona High School, you know, like hanging out with yeah. with my best friend growing up. So so that I guess that would be my answer. All right. That's Matt uh, Burns of both ESPN, <clears throat> SEC Network, uh, formerly of Grand Valley, a couple Grand Valley alums, uh, for, a few Corona alums. Uh, but where 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 can our uh, listeners find you if they haven't uh, found you yet? Uh, I mean, I guess the easiest way is on Twitter at Burnsy three eight one. If you love a lot of probably a uh, little out of control Michigan tweets and stuff <laughs> like that, uh, give me give me a follow, and in a few weeks you'll see a lot. Yeah. All right. Thanks again <laughs> to Matt uh, Yo Yo Ball. You can go ahead and send us out. Make sure you're subscribing on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, following on Twitter. Uh, at Fatstacks underscore and at Yoroball5. See you later! my eyes.